BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here as well. We are recording during All-Star Game introductions and we will be podcasting throughout the game. And guys, All-Star Break, we are at the climax of it right now. How, how, we guys feel, how are we feeling about this All-Star Break? Um, you know, fine. I've never been the biggest All-Star Weekend person, but there's been some fun stuff. I've been preoccupied with one thing and one thing only, and that's just... Smurfs. <laughs> oh, God. Of course, you have to bring it up. Uh, for the for, people who for, don't know, <laughs> for the people who have no idea why he brought up the Smurfs, right before we got on, Lucas, I said, are we ready to record? And Lucas was like, I'm ready as SpongeBob. And I was like, I have no, I have no idea what that means. And then I told them I grew up watching the Smurfs and not SpongeBob, therefore showing my age, and they're ridiculing <laughs> me, and that's cool. Uh, did the bad guy? What was his name? Uh, Gilgamore? Uh, did, did did he? Scare I you told you right before we got on. I, see, I it's, don't remember. It's Gargamel. Gargamel. Did he Gargamel. scare you as a kid? And no, how excited? He, how excited for you, were you no, in the live didn't. action? No, he did not scare me, but I always wondered why there was only one female Smurf in the entire Smurf village. That was weird. I'm going to take us into the Bucks game. Yes, so, please. Um, yeah, look, um, Philadelphia ended the uh, first half of the season on a pretty high note, won 123 to 120 on the road. In Milwaukee, 42 points, 14 rebounds, five dimes from Joel Embiid in that game, 19 apiece for both Maxi and Tobias who I feel we are going to have a discussion about later and seems to be on the uh, docket here. Um, obviously a pretty big win, Lucas, against a contending team in Milwaukee. What were some of your big takeaways? I was surprised that they started George's Niang. It's, it seemed to be the right move, though. George's Niang is built like a, a van, and apparently it, it stopped, stopped the uh, Bucks' big monster and Giannis to a certain extent. Kept on running into the van, which so many jokes, so many jokes. That being right, said, no more jokes. No, 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 no. It's just you know, Bucks van. It's just anyway. It's you know. Oh God, that's terrible. Why yeah, you... it... <laughs> Come on, man. Anyway, it seems like this van was able to slow down this buck, uh, the buck star. Um... <laughs> that actually was pretty good. The van uh... and the bucks. I, I just, I just got that. It's a little dark. It's it is. Very, it's very dark. Very I, I'm dark. feeling a certain way today, guys. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, I mean, cons- all things considered, uh, I'm impressed with the job that Niang did because you don't want to have Joel guarding Giannis because that would just wear Joel out. I think he did a pretty decent job, all things considered. 32 points. 
I mean, he was efficient scoring, but still three turnovers, four fouls. Uh, I think at least one of them was an offensive foul, right? Oh, he basically threw George's Niang. I think what was it in the third quarter or fourth? I don't remember. It I was remember when he picked up for Oh gosh, that was a foul. That was that was a bad call by the refs. Yeah, that was a, that was a foul. Giannis had his hand on his arm. His hand, yeah, in his arm. Yeah. yeah. How does how's that a jump ball? That's a foul. I, yeah, he literally almost simbud Corkmas. I don't. I just don't get it. But you know, Bucks get those type of calls sometimes because it's Giannis, former MVP. The Bucks fans are going to turn around and say that Joel gets those kind of calls too. So you know that conversation is going to go both ways. There. Fair enough. But Joel actually makes his free throws. Uh, outside of that, um, kind of surprised. Thibel didn't play as much as he did. Uh, he was kind of inefficient that night in terms of making defensive stops, only 15 minutes. And, Chris, I know you wrote an article about it's time to bring Thibel off the bench. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, did you want to talk to anybody on the bench, Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned George, who is normally on the bench, but played 40 minutes in this game, uh, you know, hit 5 of 10 from 3. Both him and Tyrese, like, cited James Harden as, like, reasons for why they played well. It seems like James is was doing some coaching on the sidelines in this game. Tyrese had that really absurd stretch in the second quarter after uh, James, like, talked to him on the bench, which was cool. Um, you know, Furkan had a pretty good game. Yeah, came up with some important rebounds down the stretch. Thirteen points on five of eight from the field. Um, yeah, like the Matisse thing, he got benched because he was playing really poorly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty much that simple. Um, you know, these games against the Celtics and the Bucks, when you're playing those really elite defenses, uh, the fact that Thibel can't do much of anything on offense on offense becomes more of a problem and those teams can exploit the Sixers' weakness in that respect. So I think going to Furcon to start the second half is part of why Philly like was able to hold on and win the game because Furcon just helps the offense in ways. Rare, rare Doc Rivers adjustment, as you put it on Twitter for through the site, right? Yeah, and I, I as you mentioned, like I think going forward, especially with James joining the starting five now, they don't really have a lot of. Sh- like quick trigger shooting in that group, and you need that next to Joel and James. So oh, I'm all for Matisse playing 20, 25 minutes a night still, but I think it would be wise to stagger his minutes to where he's not playing with both Joel and James and Tobias and Tyrese at the same time. Because I just don't think that's going to work as well. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Do you think Corkmoss, with the need for shooting, do you think Corkmoss should be a candidate to be a starter again? Uh, uh, I, I I still think Danny Green's like the best guy. Danny there. Green, fourteen minutes, zero of three from downtown, two points. I know it's like one game though. Uh, I, he's had like, more games like that this season than not. I get it, but Furkan has also been like a thirty percent three point shooter this season. I know, I know, he had a good game. I think there's a case for it to be George. Like the, the case is there, yeah. I don't know if it'll work as well against teams that aren't the Bucks or you have <coughs> and other big guys, but I, I think I would start Danny. You might still end up playing Matisse more minutes than Danny each night, but you know, I think it's just like a staggering the rotation thing. Not like Matisse is bad mm-hmm. and can't play, but you have to be smart with how you use him because of his offensive limitations while you're trying to like put as much shooting as possible around Joel and James. One other bench guy that I want to touch on here. I mean, Shake had a good game. I'm not complaining about Shake, but Paul Millsap, he he looks like he can still give you something, but I don't know if center is the spot for him, man. I I feel like he's a little bit too undersized and not athletic enough at this point in his career. So I would have liked to see Paul Reed honestly in this matchup because we know yeah. Paul Reed can actually defend Giannis a little bit. I would prefer Paul Reed over Paul Millsap too, but it does seem like a Apparently, according to the Ricky, that Daryl Morey has a buyout candidate lined up. Yeah. We just haven't announced it yet. So it seems like we're going to have another center on the Spec- roster soon. Spec- rumor mill, and this is purely speculation, you know, everybody's saying, oh, it's Derek Favors. I don't know if it's Derek Favors. He would be an upgrade, though. Um, yeah, look, Derek Favors is great, but I think he has, like, a player option for next year, right? No, 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 no. He's a free agent. 
it's going to be a free. Well, if he gets if he gets waived him or bought out, the Sixers would sign him as a free agent. The only way they could add him is if he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I agree, but like if he does have ten million dollars on the book next year, I'm not sure he's going to give that up to join contender. So yeah. the buyout might get a little complicated. You know, yeah. we'll see but, what happens. If not, um, you know, hopefully Robin Lopez. Yeah, look, I think like another like an athletic wing who can kind of shoot would be better than another big because I think like Paul Reed or Paul Millsap is fine enough for backup center, but um, it seems like Doc probably wants another center. So here's here's a wing that I would like to throw out there. He hasn't played since 2019, but if you get half the player that he was in 2019 when he was on the uh, Indiana Pacers, I I think Tyreek Evans, who was recently reinstated by the NBA. I think he's certainly, you know, worth a look. Yeah, I I don't know how much you can trust him. You know, obviously, like he has he made a mistake. Years. No, I, I don't mean that. I mean like okay. we have to see. I don't know if you can like throw him in the rotation right now. But I mean, you could work him in slowly. If and like he was a fifteen point per game scorer with the Pacers. Yeah. You know, and he's a ball handler. Yeah, and he's six six and can I play think defense. He's probably gonna have to go through the G League first, basically, but. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting name to bring up. But mm-hmm. Lucas, for this game specifically, do you think this was like one of the Sixers statement wins this year? Or do you not categorize it as such? Do you think it's just kind of a normal everyday win? At this I, I think you you have to consider it somewhat of a win here because you did it without James Harden. You did it on the road and against which was the Bucks' big three. I mean, yes, they're missing Robin Lopez and maybe one or two other rotational guys. And like Brooke Chill. Lopez. Brooke, not Robin. Yeah, sorry. Brooke Lopez and uh, I, I, I'm Robin. Uh, he he must become becoming a sixer. That must be happening. Anyway, sorry. And then you have um, – then you, you're missing George Hill as well. So, I mean, like you're missing a couple of rotation guys. I mean – Wigington, I, I never even heard of that kid before. Um, and he was playing minutes against us. So, I mean, good for him. But, like, they were clearly down a couple of rotation guys, but still doing it in Milwaukee. You know, you did it against their big three without your second best player now. And against without, you know, the best, arguably the best backup in Joel Embiid's career. So, um, I, I, you have to say that's a win. And the yeah. fact that Joel put down a 42-piece and Giannis only put down a 32-piece. Yeah, I think the reason it's a statement win is because it was like two of the top three MVP candidates going back and forth. I mm-hmm. Obviously, Joel won the battle, so to speak, but Giannis had 32, 11, and 9. Like, Giannis played a really good game. I don't think this was like – there was like a chasm between them. Like, Giannis played up to Joel, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I think Joel reclaimed the scoring title in that game, too. He did. That's yeah. true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anytime you put two of the three best players on planet Earth in the same game, you're probably going to get something worth writing home about. Um, it was a close game, too. It yeah, back like, and forth. It was fun. Bucks are a team the Sixers might have to get through if they want to win a championship. Probably so, will. Um, we could see a lot more Milwaukee down the line. I think that'd be a really fun playoff series. And, yeah, it's. I think it qualifies – as a statement win, because once the playoffs come around, what kind of games are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about the time they scraped by Milwaukee when both teams were not quite healthy, but you know, Philly less healthy than Milwaukee. Um, so in your opinion though, Lucas, and I, I, this is a tricky question for me, but who is more skilled Giannis or Embiid? That's how it's written in the agenda. Ooh, ooh, that's such a tricky question to answer because are you asking me just like who's the most overall skilled player? Yes. Yes. Because I, I I guess I would say Joel, but it's not like a clear cut case because Giannis certainly has Joel in several categories. Well, go skill yeah. by skill. Go skill by skill. Go passing, okay. shooting, okay. dribbling, okay. etc. Pa- passing, I would give the slight edge to Giannis, though you could argue that they're neck and neck. Um it depends on what table passes too. Um, ball handling is Giannis. Shooting is Joel. Footwork is Joel. Um, rebounding is probably probably toss up. 
that that's the toss up one. Um, I don't know. After after that, it's I I, I can't think what else. I mean, it's it's yeah. a close call. Yeah, I mean, like Embiid has, I I guess like if again like what is skill like Embiid has some of those guard moves and stuff that Giannis can't quite pull off. He's a better shooter, which is like the root of why you could call Embiid more skilled. But like Giannis is even maybe even more physically dominant than Joel. He's a better defender than Joel. I think he's he's having at least a better defensive season. He's more athletic than Joel, but Joel's probably more physically d- domineering just because of his weight. Yeah, but Giannis like just runs at the paint without like in a way that Joel doesn't. Like Giannis just goes right down teams' throats in a way I don't think Joel. Quite Joel's more finesse. Giannis is more bully when it, yeah, when it comes to their exactly. uh, physically and, imposing. And a lot of people would equate finesse to skill, so you yeah. could say Embiid. But like, who do I want leading my team in the playoffs? I think it's still fair to say Giannis. Ooh, that's a that's a ooh. Ooh, Chris, that's the track that, record. That, I mean, the track players. record, yeah, but I mean, at the same point, ooh, ooh that is a tough call. It's neck, Chris, but like Joel's <laughs> playoff track record is still sort of spotty. And okay, know. but but okay, he one lucky bounce away one year. The other couple, one year he was without his co-star and on a really funky team, and the I other couple of years his co-star was just. Frankly, not that good. And and Giannis, Giannis never, Giannis never had a, a, a Ben Simmons handicapping him. So. Well, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, yeah, I was I was being polite about it. I, I I agree. I it's obviously neck and neck. They're both great players. There's really not picking one over the other at this point. But yeah, I, I guess you could say Embiid's more skilled, quote unquote. But they're pretty much equal i think as players they're both top five in the nba at this point um so you're, you're kind of just like splitting hairs <laughs> yeah all right um, let's move well, on. i was about to say yeah all right hold on so we're recording during the all-star game they're about to have their tip off and we got to talk about the festivities on saturday night the previous night before uh chris did you uh, i'm assuming you got to watch at least part of those correct or yeah yeah Yeah. i know uriah did uriah loves saturday night's all stars so uriah you can chime in on this too what do you guys think of the new skills challenge that it's like a three-tier thing with three different teams um i'll say the thing i saw the least of was the skills challenge i i mean good for cleveland that they won on their home court and stuff all three of those guys are cool players and people who are easy to root for you know jared allen evan mobley and Darius Garland, so that was nice to see, but it seems kind of strange and complex, maybe needlessly so. So, yeah, <laughs> it was random, it was strange. I didn't really see a point of having three Cleveland players, three rookies, and then three Antetokounmpo brothers. Why not three Holiday brothers? At some point, I thought maybe, maybe that's maybe that's next year. I thought even the players were confused about what to do. The, the point system was weird. It was like a flat 100 points. I think they should do something different. Like come up with some other idea. But, but you know what? I give them credit for it because the skills competition have become uh, scale, uh, stale at this point. So I give them credit for trying something new. And there were portions of it that I actually was kind of hyped for. Like the sudden death break overtime where they had to do half court shots. That was pretty cool. I like that. Like that was kind of cool. But yeah, I, I I give them credit for trying something different. I I don't think they got it quite right yet, but it was a start. For at least giving it a try there. Let me give you a, a quick suggestion. Let me know okay. what you think. Okay. You take all of the all stars, mm-hmm. and you line up on the baseline underneath the rim, just like okay. in basketball camp, right? One on one drill. You get three dribbles or five dribbles. And whoever scores stays on, whoever loses goes off. And so it could be one-on-one Giannis versus Embiid. Like, like how exciting would that be? And then Embiid sits down and, hey, why not? Chris Paul comes out. Like that would Is be that fun. really a skills challenge thing, though? Well, no, no. I'm not saying it has to be skills challenge. I'm just saying a different festivity that would bring excitement. In some yeah, way. maybe a one-on-one tournament. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I love I, that. I think I think that would be great. 
I think that would be great. And heck, if you really wanted to get uh, weird with it, you could in include the uh, big three, like uh, maybe three on three tournament, maybe get three NBA, current NBA players versus former NBA, NBA players and in a big three, like, you know, one of their games. I, I wouldn't mind that. I think that would be cool for, yeah. for fans to have, want some nostalgia there. I can see that. Um, but yeah, no. So let's go to the three point contest, which was probably the most interesting event of that night. Agreed. Okay. Um, we had Carl uh, Anthony Towns get the get the win with twenty nine in the final round. They have two money balls, two Mountain Dew balls. They have a what is it? A rack for money balls, and then they had three other racks with a money ball at the end of each rack, right? So what um, what stood out to you guys there? Um, I mean, it's really cool for Cat to win. Obviously, like just an A plus human being, and like, again, a guy who's been through a lot during COVID. Um, so it's like a nice moment for him, for a good person. Um, I I think we've gotten to the point where the three point contest is the best part of this Saturday night stuff. Like it's been better than the dunk contest pretty consistently. Like outside of obviously Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon several years ago. So. I think that's kind of the main attraction or it isn't, but it probably, it might be the main attraction for people who really care. About By the, the way, uh, you know, Joel and B just dunked in the all-star game, but it was a pretty easy dunk anyway. Sorry. Continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for cat happy for him. That's about all I have to, to say about it though. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day that somebody makes every single ball in the, in the basket. I, I, I still wait for that day. Every time someone's lining up, it could, I think Larry bird was one of the closest to come to that, but yeah, good, good for Carl Anthony towns and you know, Trey young I had put a couple, couple shingles on uh, CJ McCollum, but he got eliminated in the first mm -hmm. round. Uh, mm -hmm. I, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy the three point contest. It's, it's pretty exciting. Well, to Bill, let me ask you guys this. Carl uh, Anthony Towns self-proclaimed himself as the best shooting big man of all time. Do we agree with that notion, or do you think uh, maybe Dirk or maybe somebody else is still ahead of him? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, statistically, the numbers probably bear that out. Like, he's just taking and making more than just about any traditional center ever. So I, I think he's probably right. Obviously, people are going to be like, what about Dirk? And clearly, Dirk was a superior player like one of the truly greats to ever do it. But like, obviously with the direction the game is going, Cat like came around in an era where guys are just shooting more than ever. He's a genuinely elite, like 40 plus percent shooter every season. So I, I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong or there's certainly a case for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dirk is obviously a, a totally credible answer to that question too. I think an underrated big man who shot uh, pretty well from beyond the arc was Bill Lane beer. I'm not saying he's better than cat, but okay. I don't remember. I, I don't remember bill. I may, well, I did. I wasn't alive obviously, but like, I don't <laughs> wait, 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 you were alive. What are you talking about? Bill 19, 1989. You weren't alive. I was born in 92, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let me shut up right now. <laughs> Let me shut up. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Bill Lambert was a pretty good perimeter shooter on the Detroit Pistons. Now, now, one guy that I feel like could have benefited from this era was Rasheed Wallace. I feel yeah. like you. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good one. That's I mean, that's one. the thing. Like, well, or, the or maybe between eras factors in yeah. here because yeah. they just didn't shoot half as much in the 80s, uh -huh. 90s, even early 2000s as they do now. It's just or you met Okor. You could go through the list in the 2000s and met Okor. Um, who else am I thinking of here? Um, I mean, heck, even Brian Scalabrini, probably. I mean, I, right. I, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, to the most disappointing event of the night, the dunk contest. Guys, this was mm. this was drawn out. There were plenty of redos. There were plenty of guys just mm. that they looked unprepared. They looked gas. Obi Toppin came away with it. Local Dayton, you know, college graduate, but like, in reality, if it was like a normal dunk contest from like 10, 20, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Obi Toppin might have been eliminated in the first round. Um, yeah. And so, and I mean, he had okay. He had some unique dunks. They were, you know, some of them were, um, well, you know, 
creative. But the rest of these guys, I mean, I thought, okay, uh, before you guys go, I'm just going to say this. One, his Toscano Anderson should not have been the Golden State Warrior player in the dunk contest. It should have been Gary Payton the second. It should have been him. It should have been him. Cole Anthony, okay. I just didn't think he thought it out well enough. And I don't even remember who the th- fourth guy was. That's how uninterested Jaylen I was. Jalen Green. J- Jalen Green, yeah. No, oh, he, 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 yeah. Stop having rookies in the dunk contest, please. You see, I think that's weird, though, because, like, if you had asked me before who would I expect to win, it's like Jalen Green's an absurd athlete. Yeah, He's agreed. got back. He, he got winded. He but lost yeah. his legs. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Obi's last dunk was pretty neat. Um, but you're right. I mean, the dunk contest has been pretty lame, like, ever since that Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon showdown that was the last good one yeah yeah uh yeah there's really and before no... that it was dwight versus nate robinson yeah oh god that was a sham okay you can hate all you want i know you don't like Look, dwight man. i know who's, you don't who, like dwight who's putting the cupcake on the rim and blowing out a that cake? was gerald wallace no, no not gerald wasn't. wallace gerald green that was gerald green oh, i remember that one sure okay yeah that was gerald green when he was a, like a yeah who puts that one the, was a good one on the cape that's just corny to me. That's just corny to me. But I look, mean, he tried to be Superman. It was fun. Look, I tell you who should have been in the dunk contest, and they need to really – maybe they need to offer more money to these guys, but John ja Morant, uh, yeah. Zion, if he comes back healthy. And Matisse. And, I don't know about Matisse. Matisse doesn't show much Matisse creativity. Matisse is going to, like, drop the ball midair. Yeah. Okay. I would actually agree with Chris. He's, I mean, he's a nice dunker, but he's not, I've never seen anything creative like a 360 or a windmill. Gary Payton the second should be in there. I, I could see that. Andrew Wiggins could have been in there. Uh, I don't know about that. One. He's an athletic guy. <laughs> I, I mean, he's in the All Star game. Make him do the all dunk contest as you know. Yeah, listen, us I, the only I would have sixer that needs to be in there is Rajon Tucker, who's not even a sixer. Well, he tweeted, Chris. He said, I. I think he said I would have gotten a perfect 50 or something. He's right. He probably would have yeah, won. He, he could have, yeah. I remember – actually, I think I wrote an article about it last year that Rajon Tucker should have been in the dunk contest. You I did. I think I wrote – I did. did. Yeah, he should have. Um, at least I would have uh, – you know, or like get some of these G League guys. Like some – make it more exciting. The problem, it, the problem is that everything under the sun has been done before. I think these young guys yeah. put a lot of pressure on themselves. Look, the guy put on Timberlands and had his dad's jersey on and completely humiliated it. himself. Yeah. I, it was to the point where I was uncomfortable. I was like, yo, man, just take off the boots. And My daughter fell – early on in the dunk contest. <laughs> that, 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 that says it all. <laughs> she, she she probably should well she shouldn't have been up that late but she was just so hyped i think from the three-point competition can we talk real quick before we, <laughs> before we move on real quick how come lebron james has never been in a dunk contest that he is, is probably the biggest he is the an amazing big, dunker you know what and that's something that i think will always hurt his legacy not like severely but it's just like he should have should have what he could have like well, There's that, no no reason that he shouldn't have it, right? Because it's like only downside for him. It's not going to really boost his standing. But the fact that he's not doing it is hurting his legacy, though. No one cares about the dunk contest. I mean, well, they did when he was younger. How about Michael Jordan competing yeah. in multiple? You know what I mean? He, he, yeah, I like that was cool, but it's not why people think MJ's the greatest player of all time. It's just like a cool moment in MJ's career, right? No one's like MJ is better than LeBron because he won the dunk contest. I'll I'll be honest with you. I read something that Dominique Wilkins said in reference to being in the dunk contest with Jordan, and he said it like this. They did the competition for the fans. And if these guys really – if LeBron really is not worried about his his legacy and just said, you know, I want to do this for the fans, he would have competed. But he didn't. And this would have been the perfect stage to do because he's back in his hometown. Guys – if there's any, ever been a star worried about his legacy, it's LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, until yeah. he won a in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, until he won in Cleveland, yeah, his legacy kind of was, like, his main issue. Like, he already had his legacy set once he won in Cleveland. Like, he's that the was... Only, 
He's the only professional athlete I've ever heard of that talks about their own legacy while they're still playing. Um, never, Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. I, I, I would really? say Tom uh, I, Brady. I think so. Uh, I haven't. Heard Obviously, about LeBron has like earned the right to do that because he's either the second greatest or greatest player ever, but. Yeah, like obviously he cares about that stuff. He cares about his reputation, his business stuff. Like that's something he cares a lot about. Is his, his image? He's the most frustrating athlete to root for. I, I off the court, he's such an amazing philanthropic human being, great citizen, great mm-hmm. father, great husband. But I don't know. It's just hard to root for someone that's so that just wants it all about them. I, I can't. Well, I'll say this. The one time I rooted for him was in uh, 2016 NBA Finals because I really wanted him to get it for Cleveland. Uh, outside of that, I don't think I've really ever rooted for LeBron. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, I think we're pretty much good here. I, I I don't think we need to give the dunk contest anymore unless you guys have suggestions on how we could possibly make it better or funner. Nah, let's move yeah. on. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Bleacher Report recently did a redraft of the 2020 NBA draft. Obviously, that is the draft that included Tyrese Maxey, who is averaging 17 points a game this year for the Sixers. Maxey went number four in that redraft behind Lamella Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton. Lucas, do we agree with that order? Do we think that's too low, too high, or just right? I think that's just right. I mean, me and you both had uh, Anthony Edwards and um, LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton as our one, two, threes. I mean, uh-uh. one, I didn't, didn't have Edwards top three. You didn't have Edwards? Okay, I did. Um, but I we both had Halliburton. We both had Ball top three. I think we can agree now that, you know, Edwards deserved to be in the top three. Outside of that, I mean – Day has been more impressive from this draft than Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, guys have looked good. I mean, honestly, I thought they did Sadiq Bay kind of uh, wrong because they had him 12th. I thought he should have been in the top 10. Um, Emmanuel quickly has looked good. Cole Anthony has clearly looked good. I'm surprised he's ninth, to be honest. Um, Patrick Williams has looked solid. Uh, Isaac. Um, what is his name? Isaac uh, Stewart. Uh, Isaiah Stewart has looked good. Jaden McDaniels has been a pleasant surprise. Like, but all those guys have not been as pro- has not shown as much promise and has much scoring capabilities. At least in my opinion, than Tyrese ha- uh, Maxi has. Yeah, I mean Maxi is the fourth best player out of all those names. <laughs> He's number four on the list. I think it's pretty simple. Um, he clearly has a lot of room to grow still. He's one of the hardest workers in the NBA from what we read slash hear slash see. So there's reason to believe he'll get even better. I, I think like Lamelo Edwards and Halliburton are the pretty clear top three right now. I think there's honestly probably a gap between Halliburton and Maxi, but um, yeah, I don't think there's really anyone who is challenging Tyrese for number four right now. Um, the closest one would be Cole Anthony. I, I disagree. I think Desmond Bain. Like, oh, you're you're right. I forgot about Desmond. Yeah, Desmond Bain, and then yeah, those two. And you could make you know what well, you could make the case that either one of those should be ahead of Maxi. But I as I, as Sixers I heads, I, I I would say Maxi's still probably better. I'd probably put Cole Anthony a couple spots higher, but I I mean I'm I'm not like mad at him being number nine. He's kind of like a one note player. You know, he mm. scores a lot, but that's pretty much all you're getting out of him. So. Uh, um, I didn't think Denny Advia should be in the top 10, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, any, any like, 6'8 guy who defends really well and is really smart and makes quick decisions with the ball is going to have a long career. Like, is going to be around for a while. Probably, um, I guess. I don't know. Um, Devin Bissell has looked really good. In, now that he's starting, yeah. Um, really all season, he just hasn't gotten enough minutes. So I'm glad that he's going to get a bigger opportunity now. So I think him at six is probably fair. Um, Patrick, I don't Williams. know where they put Onyeka Okongwu. He's, uh, I think he's a uh, 13th. Yeah, he should be. No, I think he's no 15th. Yeah, that's absurd. He yeah. should be top 10. 
Um, I, well, I would say top 12, but yeah, he looks really good too. Jaden McDaniels is good. Isaac Okoro is 14th. I think that's fair. Um, I don't think Isaiah Stewart should be 11th. I, I, I mean, he's good, but I, I would say top 15, not 11, though. No. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a few of those guys should be moved up, but yeah. overall, I, like Maxi at four is the right choice. I think. Yeah, I think so too. The, like Desmond Bain, you can make the argument, and I I might be willing to listen to you. But the thing is, we're not seeing Maxi unleashed. We're seeing Maxi probably at like playing at least offensively, probably about fifty percent of where he like sixty percent of what he could actually do. He's allowed to do because you know. Doc River wants him to become more of a playmaker, or at least he did before James Harden. Now we're going to see Maxi as a scorer more, I think, and that's going to be exciting for me anyway. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I certainly don't think like Maxi's role is going to be diminished pretty heavily. I think with Harden there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, the way that Doc staggers his rotations allows Maxi to play a lot of time where it's like just him and Joel and then maybe like James and Tobias or something. But like Tyree should still get reps as the lead ball handler. I don't really think we need to see a lot of Shake Milton going forward, but um, I, I think there'll be an adjustment period. I don't think it's going to be super immediately smooth all the time. No, Tyree still is not like the greatest off ball player. He's still, it's kind of figuring out how to do that kind of stuff, but I, I think over time it'll be fine. Darius works hard. He takes advice. He he learns and grows every game, it seems. So I'm not worried about it. No, I, I, I think we're still – the nice thing about having Maxi and Harden is by the time Harden starts to slow down, Maxi should be hitting his prime. And then I think based off the dynamic that we're seeing between those two already – it feels like Harden wants to mentor Maxi, which is obviously great. And I think when Maxi's allowed to get more ball handling responsibilities and Harden wants to preserve himself more in the regular season, so he's going to become more of a spot-up player. At least that's how I'm playing it in my head anyway. It could t- turn out totally differently, but um, I think that's going to really help the Sixers too. Yeah. I agree. Um, but Lucas, do you think there's ever there's any chance that Maxi moves even further up the list in the future? Do you think he's on that kind of trajectory? I don't. I don't. I think we're gonna see. I think Max. He's like a three to four time All Star. Max. I think uh, Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, and Lamella Ball could be more all more five plus All Star appearances. Um, yeah. And I just see Maxi maybe maxing out at like three or four, probably more like one or two. And it's nothing against Maxi. It's just how deep the NBA is at the guard position. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the three guys ahead of him are ahead of him for a reason. Um, There's a chance he could drop. I will say that. It depends what happens with Desmond Bain. Yeah. I mean, like, never say never. It, it could happen. Again, mm-hmm. he works his tail off. So. You can't like discount him. Yeah. But as of right now, I'd pretty comfortably take Lamella Ball, Anthony Edwards, or Tyrese Halliburton over him if I was building a team. So I I think he's in the right spot. Yeah, I think so too. Stop it, Chris. You can never replace my whoosh. <laughs> All right, so we're going to look at the remaining games on the Sixers schedule. Right now, the Sixers are currently 35 and 23. They have 24 games left in the regular season. So I'm going to go down each of the 24 games. Lucas and Chris are going to give me win or loss. We'll add it up. We'll predict the end of season record and then we'll we'll have some fun with it later on and future podcasts all now, right do, now do we need to remember this or are you writing this down i'm writing it down I got okay good because right I, I don't i i don't, wasn't sure if i could actually i was i was expecting you to memorize everything yeah you know what but... it, it, crazier things have happened in my life <laughs> crazier things have happened all right all right so the phrase it's it stinks for sixers fans the next time we're gonna play is i think friday so we have that much longer to wait for james harden to wear a jersey we'll go with lucas each time um age before beauty 
So mm-hmm. Lucas, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, make your jokes. <laughs> Chris, talk no, about yourself. Funny. Talk, talk about yourself, Uriah. Hey, look, you got me with the Smurf joke earlier. So I was about to make another one if you didn't that bring hurt. it up. That hurt. All right, let me <laughs> shut up and before I dig myself a hole. All right, uh, Lucas, Sixers play in Minnesota, win or loss? It's a win. Chris? Yeah, uh, it, it's the James Harden debut. I, I really hope Ooh, they Okay. <laughs> All right, next game is in the Garden, which is the Knicks. Lucas? They're 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 a mess right now. They're gonna win. All right, Chris. Yeah, win. All right, then back to back, they come back to Philly and they play the Knicks. Uh, yeah, they're James Harden's coming home. It's yeah, it's it's a win. Yeah, I gotta I gotta think so. There's a trend going on right now. I can't quite put my finger on it. But anyway, <laughs> Cleveland at home in Philly, Lucas. I think that's a win, honestly. Um, they played Cleveland really good both times this year, and uh, now they have James Harden, so I expect that to continue. Yeah, I don't know. They got to lose at some point. I'm going to say a loss just to balance it out. See, you're being you're being a little bit too pessimistic here, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. That's this okay. is the this is the no judgment zone. What are you talking about, man? This is Planet Fitness. This ain't LA Fitness. Come on. All right, Miami. Uh, that's away. away. Yeah, that's a loss. Yeah, loss. Second out of a back to back, and the fact that they're playing Miami. Yeah, I, I, I mean think... James Harden's going to be tuckered, and so is Joel. They're both going to be tuckered. <laughs> like it's just they're not known for being in the best of shape. Um, well, no, I just mean like as far as nightlife goes, Miami's. Oh, right <laughs> I didn't even get okay. South get Beach, there. South Beach, South Beach. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, um, yeah. All right, I've been to South Beach, by the way. It's a lot you can get into, but anyway, Chicago in Chicago. I'm I'm gonna say that ooh, I'm gonna say a win because they've played Chicago. They've owned Chicago every single time. This yeah. season, I'm gonna say win. Um, hmm. I'll say uh, I'll say a win. If Chris would have picked L, that would have been a three-game losing streak, and that I know that would not be good. I I would actually say a loss in Chicago. I think that's like a revenge game. Plus, Levine will probably be back. But there. but but Alex Caruso and Ball probably <clears throat> won't. Well, maybe at Caruso, but not Ball. Yeah, that's true. All right. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, March 10th. Sixers fans listening. They know what that day is all about. Brooklyn comes to Philly. Maybe the return of Ben Simmons. We don't know. But uh, whether he does or not, Lucas, is that a win or a loss? That is a win. They're going to get up for that game. We know Joel gets up for games. We know Harden probably does too. This is going to be a revenge game for Harden. He's going to stick it to Kyrie. And if Ben plays, you know, Joel's going to stick it to Ben. Um, and you know, Andre Drummond is not going to do a thing to slow down Joel. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the thing is like Brooklyn is also going to wake up for that game. I I really want to know if Ben is playing or not, but, uh, a big question is if Durant will be back by then. I I think there's, there's, there, they said sometime soon after the all-star breaks. Yeah, right. I'm assuming Durant's going to play. I uh, and Kyrie will probably like play too. Kyrie yeah, play. Uh, I think I think the Sixers get up for it. I, this I, is going to be a TNT game, probably right. It's one of those networks. Um, all right, I'm just going to say win because okay. I want it to be a win. I don't know if I believe that right. in my heart of hearts. <laughs> all right, Orlando in That's Orlando. Oh, that's a win. a win. Yeah, it's yeah. gotta be a win. That's a win. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying too many wins. I feel like, but yeah. It, I mean, you only it's have a hard two losses schedule, right now. But I know I, I have more than Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have. Oh yeah. No, you're right. All right, Lucas. Denver at home in Philly. That's a win. I don't Ooh. think. I don't think that without Michael uh, Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray, I don't think they win in Philly with just Jokic. I'm gonna say loss. They got to lose. I would say loss, too. Look, the Sixers are not that great at home this year, and Denver, they're doing pretty good out west. Um, All right, Cleveland 
in Cleveland. I'll give Cleveland the win here. I think they're going to be exhausted after that stretch of games. So that's a Sixers loss. Right. Yes. Um. Yeah, loss. All right, Dallas at home. I'm going to say win. Oh, uh, win. They don't have anybody to stop Joel. All right, let's go with. Hold on, I gotta let Benny out. Hold on. All right, I'm back. Who uh, let the dogs out, Uriah? Who, who? let the dogs out? They made were a rock you, version of were, that song. Were you, were you alive when that song came out? Oh, my gosh, yes. I remember because I first heard it on in the Rugrats movie, believe it or not. I know who wasn't alive when that song came out. Chris. Uh, hey, he should have been. Chris is still a fetus. Go dogs is what I'd like to say. Well, that's okay. right, Georgia. Okay, uh, Toronto, Toronto in Philly, March 20th. That's a loss. Ooh. Toronto's been playing really good. They have a good defense that knows how to guard Joel. They have big defenders to bother um, Harden. Or Harden. I don't like that. If if the Sixers get matched up with uh, Toronto, I don't like. I don't love that for the Sixers. I mean, I think the Sixers still win, but I think Toronto could definitely steal one from the Sixers there. Yeah, I'll say loss as well. All right, two losses. First time. Oh no, second time you agreed on loss. No, third time you agreed on losses. All right, Miami at home. Ooh, that's a tough one. Is everybody healthy on Miami? I, you know, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say that's. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, make things interesting. Yeah, I'll say that's a loss. Yeah, I'll say it's a win. That's a back-to-back, Chris. I know. I'm, it's a win. So both of you guys say win. No, I say loss. All right. Loss for Lucas. Win for Chris. All right. Uh, ooh, March 23rd, Lakers in L.A. That's a win. Yeah. Lakers are toast. So, Especially now that AD is going to be out. W. All right. Uh, oh, this is that West Coast swing they have going on. Uh, the 25th, they have the Clippers in L.A. Ooh, I'm going to say – I'll say win. Um, I'm going to say loss. All right. And Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix in Phoenix. This is mm, – not feeling good about this one. Yeah, that's a loss for me. Yeah, lost. Yeah, no way they win that game. Phoenix is just incredible. Bucks in Philly. I'm gonna say they're gonna end their last home game on a high note, and I'm gonna say yeah, it's that's that's a win. I'm gonna say this is the Giannis revenge game, and it's a loss. Oh, okay. All right, March 31st, the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Uh, that's, that's, do you think Philly is playing any of their guys in this game? Ooh. Oh, can we just go under the assumption what? that they are? <laughs> Wait a minute. They they have to gel. They have to create chemistry. Yeah, I, I'm going to say they, they, they are, and I think the Sixers win this one. And I, I misspoke that. That was their last home game. I forgot about April. You don't yeah. think they're going to gel enough in the preceding like 25 games to the point where they feel like they have to play against Detroit in a potentially it, meaningless game? It's not a back-to-back. They got three days off. and up then Until they have that, up two until days that off. point, they've only played 17 games, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, but what's the 18th game against Detroit going to really do? I mean, it it's does an a easy, lot. It does a lot. Oh if it's going to, if it, Chris, if it's an easy one, then you can actually work on sets, work on different stuff in game action. Hello. Can, if it's an easy risks. win, those guys are going to be on the bench because the game's over. But you can do it in the first half. And, yeah, give, uh, let them play the half. And maybe part of the third quarter. That's why I don't trust Chris's choice in Mike D'Antoni as coach because that's something Mike D'Antoni would do. He would sit him in that game. But anyway, Chris, is that a win or a loss in Detroit? What? What? 
It's not, if anything, D'Antoni plays his guys longer and harder than Doc does. Um, yeah, I, I'll give it a win because I don't want to end on a four-game losing streak. But <laughs> I think that's something to consider. Yeah, yeah Chris has. Be... Yeah, he has him on a three-game wow. losing streak. Yeah, yeah, Chris, that's pretty pessimistic, there, my friend. It's, it's a right. West Coast road trip in the butts. It happens. It does. I agree. Does. All right, yeah. Charlotte at home. That's a win. Oh. This isn't the last game of the season. No, it's not. We're in, We're in April okay, now. Okay, it's a win. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um. Yeah. Charlotte's a win. All right. Cleveland on a back-to-back in Cleveland next game. Ooh. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change mine. Charlotte's a loss. That's a trap game. They're not going to get up for Charlotte. All right. I want to say that's a, a loss. loss. All right. Back to Cleveland and Cleveland. I'll say that's a win. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say it's a loss. Mm, okay, Pacers in Indiana, April fifth. Win. Yeah, win. Toronto in Toronto, April seventh. Loss. Uh, win. Ooh. And the last two games are at home in April. We have the Pacers on the ninth. Win. Okay, so here we are. At the end of the <laughs> what? Actual end of the season, a back-to-back against two crappy teams at the bottom of the East. The Pistons are literally also still the last game. Just saying, they might not be playing on their guys. The Pacers might be. The Pacers. the Pacers might still be good. They got Halliburton. No. no. Okay. No, Pacers, I'm going to say Pacers win. And I'll say Pistons win, but it's not going to be a comfortable one because, like I Chris said, I think they will rest so, maybe Joel. So, so Detroit loss at home, Chris. I say win. Oh, it's you say win, gonna, but it's not going to be a comfortable win. They're going to lose to the Pistons. I'm well, let me right let now. me let me say this: it depends on Joel's MVP race. If Joel has to play that last game to get the MVP, ah, he will. That's a good point. Uh, no one is picking MVP based on a game in Detroit. Uh, yeah, you know what? It might have to come down to that. You know, him and Jokic are pretty close. No one is going to base it on the Detroit game on April 10th. I promise. Mm. If it really, why? What on earth would it come down to that for? I'm just saying. Are they like? Do they have the same record? Are they tied in the standings? Denver and Philly going into the last game. Is I mean, they're close. I, 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 they're close. I, I think right um, now. Yeah, like. Detroit's going to win that game. I'm just telling you now, so we can I'll say be ready win. for it. I'll say we want, we end the regular season on a positive <laughs> note. All right, Uri, what's the tally? I'm doing it right now. All right. According to Lucas, the Sixers are going to end up at the end of this season with a record of 52 wins and 30 losses. Chris, uh, Captain Pessimism over here. <laughs> 48 wins, 34 losses. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> and and they're gonna, gonna be the, they're gonna be in the play-in. Thanks, Chris. It's take some time. Thanks to you. They're gonna be in the play-in. Thanks, Chris. It's gonna take some time. I'm just saying. Lucas. I I you know, I think that they'll figure it out. I think this all-star break is good for that. And I think talent is gonna win out. Just pure talent is gonna help them win some of these games otherwise. Mm-hmm. All right, I definitely think you guys got to tweet that out just so that we can revisit this. Should we make this another bet? No, no. 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 We only have to bet. I'm still Chris, waiting for the shirt. Chris thinks you're stalling. Chris thinks I don't, you're, your I shirt have, is I never still that. in the box. He thinks it's still in the box that you're I, I, um, My honor has been insulted. <laughs> I'm making that up. My honor is not, my honor is not worth anything right now because I lied. Mm. All right, so all right, let's do our social media question of the week. Let me hit my link. Anybody confused by this new uh, Old Spice commercial with uh, like a young looking Dolph uh, Lundgren that has like water coming out of his armpits? Um, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but I did. I did uh, reach out to you guys on Twitter about that JJ Reddit commercial, ESPN. Yeah, that was hilarious. How good was that that was that was good. great. Chris, that did you watch great. it? Uh, no. No, we did not. Chris, you come on, man. What? That Give was fantastic. Check, check your notifications. Okay. 
Oh, you have to if you're listening and you haven't seen it yet, you have to see it. Uh, Chris is going to retweet the commercial right after this podcast. <laughs> it's that good. JJ is very believable in his role. That's all I'll say. All right, social media question of the week: In what order would you rank each team's big three? We took five teams from the Eastern Conference, so we have the Miami Heat with Butler, Adebayo, and Lowry; Sixers, Embiid, Harden, Maxi; Nets, Durant, Irving, Simmons. Bulls, DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, and the Bucks with Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton. Uh, just picking some random ones. Oh, Lucas chimed in. He said Sixers, Nets, Bulls, Bucks, and Heat. I'm sure he'll elaborate later. Some funny responses. Possibly the worst take of all time. Wow. Well, David J. Daniels, he said B is first, meaning Sixers. The rest can haggle over the scraps. We know he's a homer. Uh, let's see. Someone said, crazy how Tobias is not in the big three, LOL. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's go with uh, another bad creation. Said Sixers, Bucks, Bulls, Nets, Heat. Uh, someone pulled up a quote. Tobias Havage averaged 18, 8, and four and 28 games lucas that was directed at you <laughs> yeah I, I get it i get it i get uh, it last one r gross 1967 said bucks miami sixers bulls nets chris what, what do you think about your your ranking okay so here's the thing best duo i'll give it to philly hands down i i, I think that's fair but i don't think it's like a home run either I think obviously Giannis and Durant are on Embiid's level. The way Harden has played this season has not been like, you know, he's maybe not as far ahead of Irving, of like Irving and the Drew Holidays of the world as we he once was. So I don't think it's like a home run. And I think Maxi or Tobias pretty clearly would be the weak link of this entire list. Pretty definitively. Vucevic is a little bit of an iffy one, too, with how he's been playing this year. But Sixers have the weakest link and maybe the best duo talent-wise. I'm going to put the Bucks first just because that's a trio that we know can win a championship. Those three guys are all really like rock solid together. I'm going to put Brooklyn second because the Rant and Irving have played together. Obviously, like the COVID stuff, Irving's only playing half the games right now. So it's a bit funky, but we know Durant and Irving can like just murder teams together. And Ben is still quite good, and he's going to help those guys out a lot. I'm going to put the Sixers third just because we need to see it happen. We haven't seen it yet. There's a good chance by season's end, the Sixers are one or two, or you know. But for now, tentatively, I'm going to put them at three. And I'm going to put the Heat at four, and I'm going to put the Bulls at five. So that's my list. All right, so Lucas I, putting the Bulls ahead of the Bucks is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, is Levine better than Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton? The answer to that is yes. You could make the argument that Vucevic is maybe better than either one of those guys too when he's playing at his max potential. No, you cannot. I, I think you could. Vuce, you are not taking Vucevic over Middleton or Drew Holiday in a play. I, I, mm, no, you're not. I, uh, no one is. Only you. Okay, so. I agree with Chris. I, I, think, honestly, be, I, I think there's a pretty strong case that both those guys are at least on Levine's level. I might honestly give Holiday the bump there. Like I, think I don't think Holiday is better than Drew. Uh, Drew Holiday is better than Zach Levine. I think I think you need to check yourself. <laughs> to uh, be honest. On both sides of the ball, I think Holiday is better. And he can create. Holiday is putting Levine in the hurt locker for seven games. So yeah. just be ready for it. He's just a better scorer. Okay. Well, let, can I explain my list now instead of just yes. arguing the mineral? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. So I have Embiid, Harden, and yes, we I was the wrong one that wrote it, everybody. And I did put Maxi over Tobias, even though um Uriah originally when posed the question to us on our on our Slack feed said Tobias. I said Maxi, and Chris agreed with me on this one. Is because all season long, the narrative has been Maxi should be the second fiddle, well now third fiddle to Joel and Harden, because he can create his offense better, he's a better passer arguably better rebounder at his position, 
a better defender at his position. Like Next he's a better player. Let's yeah, he's a better player right yeah. now than Tobias Harris, and it's not a shot at Tobias. The torch has been passed. Yeah, it's it's that simple. So everybody that was give, giving grief on Twitter, that is why. And if I if I was if I had thought about it because I just thought about it right now, I should have pulled up their per thirty six numbers. Look, Tobias. But, Tobias is is more philanthropic. He reads more books, and <laughs> and he has more NFTs. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Anyway, point being, um, so Embiid's. I think it's safe to say this season Embiid's the best player on this list. Him and Giannis are on the same level. That's true. And then you have Harden as your second best player. I would say only uh, Irving and Levine are close to his level or on his level. Uh, well, so, more like Irving is the I only agree, player but... like on, on his level. So, and then Maxi, I'm not sleeping on Maxi. Maybe he is the weak link here, but at the same time, like he's not bad. You know, we were talking about if if he actually got to play to his full potential this season, he could make a case to be an all-star. So there's that. He's just young and unproven. Um, who did I have number C? I had the Nets. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Chris made a good case for them, for his number two as well. My number three, D, that was the Bulls. Think about it. Before DeRozan and Vucevic got there, the Bulls were a joke. DeRozan got there now. DeRozan's arguably a top three or four MVP candidate. I mean, he's playing as one of the top five players in this league this season. There's, I can't argue that. Levine is playing at a phenomenal level. And Vucevic, uh, it, he had a rough start, but recently he's been playing really good as well. Um, and then I had E, the Bucks after them. Um, I just, I, I feel I'd rather have the do, uh, combination of Levine and Vucevic over Holiday and Middleton. That's just me. Uh, you can agree to disagree, and that's okay. fine. But they have Giannis, so it doesn't matter. Here. I'm just saying, like you, you got to look at the whole uh, the, 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 the parts of it too. But Giannis is a different level. It's just. I mean, you can I I you I might be willing to switch those two. I might be willing to switch them, but that's how I had it. And then last one, Heat. Granted. These three players together are fantastic as a trio, but I'm looking at the individual parts too. Is Jimmy Butler close to any of the other three, uh, four top players on this list? No, not really. Not this season. He yeah. struggled. Look, but Adebayo's been teams could yeah, incredibly win the championship. They could. These are could. all very good trios. Yeah, Adebayo not on the same level as the other like. Lowry's probably the best third player on any of these lists, but that's that's about where he has it. Yeah, I, I think Middleton's the best third player. Okay, um, well then Lowry's right behind. But, but yeah, I, I have the Heat as number five. I don't. Middleton, I, I Lowry, think they're a great trio, but individually they're not like they're not on the same level as their counterparts. Yeah. I I will just say this, like with the Harden stuff. Obviously, I. I think it's fair to assume that Philly is going to get a more motivated version of James Harden than the Nets had for good portions of this season. Mm -hmm. But like Zach Levine has had a better season than James Harden. Kyrie, when he's been healthy, has probably been playing at a higher level than James Harden for stretches. Like Harden has not had his best year. Harden's been great. 22, 8, and 10. Like he's still really good. But he's shooting like 41% from the field, and he's just not quite where he used to be. He might get back to that point, in which case it's like a home run. If this was James Harden of five years ago, then the Sixers are number one. No questions asked. But we have to make sure, A, that Embiid and Harden can play together. They can, but how well and how quickly does it gel? And then Maxie's just not on the level of the other third guys, as I said before. So I, I do think there's... Some reason for hesitation with like putting Philly at number one. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. could be that way by the season's end or by next season, where we're like, yeah, it's Joel and James, they're number one. But right now, we know this Bucks trio works really well together. They won a championship. We know what Durant and Irving can do. We know that the Heat are like the most well oiled machine in the East. We know that the Bulls play really well off of each other. Like, like we just don't know as much about the Sixers. So, I think there's some reason for like mild 
caution in like ranking the Sixers super high. But Joel's the MVP, maybe Harden's really great. So I, you know, that's why they're number three for me. But it's mm-hmm. not. It's just like, you know, being proactively cautious, I guess. Fair enough. You're right. You never got to tell us yours. Do you want to tell us yours? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready okay. to wrap it up. All right. Chris, go ahead and play us out, man. All right. Um, to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another week's episode of the Smurfs podcast. <laughs> we will be back <laughs> later in the week to talk more Smurfs. <laughs> all thing, um, what's his name? Gilgamesh? Um, no, not Gilgamesh. Gargamel. Gargamel. Gilgamesh is <laughs> on Wednesday's podcast. We are going to be ranking our favorite Smurfs. Um, Keep going. I'm editing all this crap out. Don't worry. You won't even hear it. Keep laughing. This is not going to make it. I have full control. Oh, it better. It better make it. Um, yeah. So to all our listeners, thanks again. Please like, subscribe, and follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Or listen at our website, thesixersense.com. Follow us at Sixersense. And um, until next week, everyone, stay blue. <laughs> Talk to you then. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.